Hey guys, welcome to the number 59 ever episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of the Cool Sports Network. And in today's episode, it's going to be very unorthodox and very unorganized, I guess is how I'll say it. Because it's simply just going to be me rambling about UConn, San Diego State, for about a good 10-15 minutes. In other words, previewing the matchup tonight where the UConn Huskies will win their fifth national title. I mean, we will determine who will win the national title this year. But yeah, as you can probably tell, just based off that kind of first line right there, I'm a Husky fan. And um, I've been one since I ever got into college basketball, which was kind of at the end of the 2020 season uh, when the tournament was canceled and really in 2021 last year. And then this year, it's been very good for me as well. So big college basketball guy. But, you know, there's one game left. I find March Madness fascinating that you could go from 68 to 64 to 32 to 16 to 8 to 4 to 2 and then 1 in three weeks. I find it fascinating that teams could just go literally not to be quoting one shiny moment, but in the blinking of an eye, your moment's done. Literally. That is why they create the song One Shiny Moment. Because they don't just say things in there for no reason. It's really true. In the blinking of an eye, your moment's done. It is. So we've got we've gotten down to two teams. It's San Diego State, number five seeded, San Diego State, number four seeded. UConn Huskies, and even though I did see some people like Jay Billis picking UConn to win it all at the beginning of the tournament when all the brackets were coming out, I do I did not see really anybody um, pursue San Diego State going far in the tournament. Now, Ryan Schlesinger on my show, Sports for Kids, had San Diego State in the Final Four, but he did not have him in, the, in his national championship. He actually had the losing to Marquette that happened the Golden Eagles winning it all. Of course, that didn't go as planned for him, but... Overall, San Diego State was not like, oh my gosh, of course San Diego State. And nor will they like that for UConn, but I also were hearing a lot of people saying that UConn, if they could get hot like they did in um, kind of that early November, December kind of stage, proved that they could really win a national title. And we're exactly seeing that right now. In fact, I think they're playing even better than they did in November and December because in those times they were just dominating and they're doing the exact same thing here in this NCAA tournament. And Something real quick before, and we're going to break down how uh, UConn dominated and all that. But what I did also want to say here real quick is that something interesting that I personally found, a lot of these things, by the way, that I'm going to say today were, were not me found, finding. There are a lot of stuff that others have found. But the one thing that I found is that last year it was a one seed versus an eight seed, with a, which is the total if you add up all the seeds of a ninth seed, nine. And if you add up five plus four, you also get the number nine. So while we kind of took a weird path with, there being no one seeds in the Elite Eight, um, or no one seeds in the Final Four, let alone no one seeds in the Elite Eight for the first time since seeding began. Um, you know, while we kind of took a different direction to get here, to kind of get to this total here in March Madness, we did. And I think it makes this tournament one of the most fascinating and one of the greatest ever when you look at Fairleigh Dickinson beating Purdue, when you look at Princeton uh, upsetting Arizona as well. Uh, we got Florida Atlantic. I mean, Florida Atlantic. Let me read that. Florida Atlantic going to the Final Four. And there's even just more. I mean, seeing Kansas 
go out at Purdue before the Sweet 16 is unbelievable. Those may have been two of the, the two best teams in college basketball. And again, we didn't even see a one seed there. And we saw teams like Miami look like they were going to lose the first round to literally go to the Final Four. They were not eight with like six minutes to go against Drake. And they ended up crawling their way back and taking the W, of course, going to the Final Four where the Huskies did beat them. But this tournament has been fascinating. But let's get into these two teams. I just want to add that here real quick. Let's start off. With my UConn Huskies, because they're, they're, of course, the team that I know best in college basketball. And I don't need any notes, not any notes, to talk about uh, the, the strata, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The longitude of this team's dominance in this NCAA tournament. They've won their games by an average of 20.6 points. I'll give you the statistic there, sure. 103 points for five games. When you think of that concept alone, craziness, pure craziness. Then you add in the fact that they haven't gone against terrible teams. They went against an Iona team that probably would have beaten any other fourth seed in this year's tournament. Right? You go against an Iona team with Patino, very well coached, has a very good press. UConn was able to take that down. St. Mary's, one of the best defensive teams, if not the best defensive team in all of college basketball, took them down easily. Arkansas, a team that has multiple NBA-type guys in the future, a team that took down the defending national champions, Went down by 20-plus. Gonzaga, the number one offensive college basketball, scored 54 points against the UConn Huskies and lost by nearly 30. And then against Miami, where everything was against UConn. Andre Jackson got into foul trouble. Hawkins was sick. We'll break down that game in a minute. Still beat him by double digits. In fact, all of their wins, I may add, have been by double-digit points. This, ladies and gentlemen, is not normal. This is a run that you will that you we have not seen maybe ever and run that I I would I'd say confidently you will not see again for a decent amount of time. I have never seen a team in my time watching college basketball dominate the way the Yukon Huskies have over these past five games. I got some stats for you because I think this is really interesting. So in the first five games of the NCAA tournament, actually you know what? You know Again, this is rambling. We're kind of all schedule here. Before I break this down, let's break down San Diego State, too. San Diego State's got a great team. They can rebound. They can score, but mainly they can play defense. They're one of the best defensive efficiency teams in college basketball. One of the best defensive teams overall in college basketball. They got guys like Lamont Butler, of course, with the game-winning shot, as I did call on the Play-by-Play Student Sports Network. Please check that out. Um, I called that game uh, live, and I got to see the Butler buzzer beater. It was amazing. But so that – of course, Butler knocked down the buzzer beater. Uh, they, they got a bunch of good guys there. Matt Bradley was really the main guy. They got Nathan Mensaw, uh, the defensive player of the Mountain West Conference. And then you got a, a Butler is also an all-Mountain West kind of guy. And then you have a guy like Trammell, um, who is very interesting when you look at a guy like him, uh, Dar- when you look at a guy like Darion Trammell, because you, know, you grew up just outside of San Francisco, right near San Diego State, so it's kind of your home. And He's a smaller guard who only averages 10 a game. He didn't really do much, in fact, in actually that uh, performance against Florida Atlantic. But was at the City College, and then for two years, in his sophomore year, averaged 20 points at Seattle, and then in his uh, junior year, averaged 17 points per game at Seattle. So he's proven he could be a scorer, and now he's kind of like finally normalized, I guess I'll say, his role um, here in San Diego State. So shout out to him. They got a bunch of talent on that team. There's a bunch of talent on that team. It's a very quality basketball team. Duh, they're in the national title. And this is the team that I had losing in the first round, the Charleston. And they have just proven everybody wrong. They've made an incredible run. I wouldn't guess in a million years that they would have beat uh, Alabama. I, I, I said I, Alabama could go down. I did not think it would beat a team like San Diego State. So 
that is something you also have to look at. And then they took down Creighton, who easily had size against them. You know, I mean, while this um, San Diego State team will break down their performance against Florida Atlantic in just a bit. Um, when you look at kind of their team here, while this is a team that overall has height over most college basketball teams, when you look at like height on average, this is not a team here that is, you know, going to really thrive off of a star big man. In fact, they really don't have that center, if that makes sense. They don't have that really tall guy. Nathan Mensaw is really their tallest guy, and Demarche Johnson, and both of those guys aren't really quality on the offensive side of the ball. They just overall have a really tall team, like six, eight guys, six, seven guys at the guard slash forward spot. That's their team. But they don't really have a tall guy, and that could really benefit against them, against a team like... Yukato uh, has two dominant bigs like that, and Donovan, mainly just Donovan Klingo when you look at that height aspect uh, over at Dom Sinogo in that aspect. But um, they were still able to take down a really tall Ryan Cockburner and Creighton, which is something really positive. And I think when we look at all of these things, I'm going to break down the Florida Atlantic game and why I say UConn is one. San Diego State has also done things to offset that. So I feel like I'm starting to preview what we're going to talk about. So let's kind of start getting into that. And um, real quick, let me just share some of the stats I do want to share with you guys because, um, yeah, it actually is insane when, when you look at the stats. So uh, let's just go here. I don't even know where to start because i got so many stats to tell you. Let's start off with kind of the fun one, right? So let's think here. Just kind of think about it. San Diego State's on the complete, um, oh, my gosh, um, uh, West. I couldn't think of what West was. On the West side of the United States, and Connecticut is really on the mainly like right near the east side of the, of the country. They're at complete opposite side of the country. And Texas is like right in the middle of the country. They're literally meeting right, meeting right in the middle. So the fan base should be pretty even. That's something I wanted to share. All right. But now let's move on to the really basketball kind of stats, right? Not coincidences. So let's just look here. I'll start off with this one. So UConn played really well in their first two games, of course, winning their games by an average of, about, I think it was 21, 22 points, right? So that alone is very very impressive, right? But then let's add in some other components here. Let's just talk about the last three games where both of these teams have been proven they could come up in the big moments. UConn has outscored their opponents by 64 points. San Diego State has outscored their opponents by nine points. UConn has trailed for 47 seconds. And San Diego State has trailed for 75 minutes and 38 seconds. So let's think of it this way. The Huskies have basically controlled their own destiny in every game that they have played the last three games. So let's think about it this way, right? So there are 40 minutes in each game, and if you look at the past three games, it's 120 minutes. For 119 minutes and 13 of those seconds, UConn has been ahead. Think about that. They have basically dominated every single game that they have played. For San Diego State, on the other hand, over half of the time that they have played their past three games, they have been trailing. And that actually, that while that is a negative, could actually be a positive against a UConn team because you need to be able to prove that you can come back against UConn because UConn's super dominant, and they proved that. They've absolutely proved that. But I think it just explains the overall dominance between the two teams. Right. So let me just say that. And then defensively, everyone's talking about San Diego State's defense. Why don't we start talking about UConn's defense? Because, well, Miami scored a season-low 59 points um, just now in the Final Four. Uh, Gonzaga scored a season-low 54 points against them. And if you look at this, they haven't allowed more than 65 points, which was to Arkansas in a basketball game. San Diego State has. They just allowed 71 points to Florida Atlantic. 
UConn's defense is much more consistent, and they haven't allowed a team yet to shoot over 40% from the field with Iona shooting the most efficiently along with St. Mary's at 39%. And both of those teams, in may add, are very timid to shoot, so they don't get as many attempts up and play at a much slower rate um, and are much more methodical due to their amazing coaching. So the Huskies' defense has been incredible. And I think when you look at this game, we all know UConn's dominant. I've broken that down now for 12 minutes. But I think what we really need to get into now is, okay, so we get the UConn's dominant. Nice. We, we've known that for a while. So what does San Diego State need to do to take down the Huskies, I think is the big question here. Well, I think you basically have to do what you did against Florida at Atlantic. And you know what they did against Florida Atlantic? Well, if you don't, let me fill you in. In my opinion, basically, it was just pure... And there are other ways of looking at it, and I'm actually going to pull up the stats as you're speaking. They dominated in a sense of they dominated the glass, and it was mainly because of height. And look, Florida Atlantic, I get. They got Alejandro Rolot. He, and excuse me, not Alejandro Rolot. I'm reading the long guy. Excuse me. Wrong guy. Excuse me. But they have um, Vladislav Golden. He is seven foot one. You heard me. Seven foot one inch. He is a tall guy. Besides that, they're short. They are short. Janelle Davis is their second highest player in the starting, second tallest player in the starting lineup. He's 6'5". Overall, San Diego State has that height, as I was just mentioning. And they kind of use that to dominate the glass. And that was the key thing. When you're able to get second chance opportunities, that's big. Now, look, Florida Atlantic still um, kind of le- they, they led the defensive rebounds, but offensively, San Diego State got four more offensive boards and won the rebounding battle against Florida Atlantic. And that was key when they were coming back for second-chance opportunities because, let's be honest, San Diego State could not shoot from the line. They got many looks at the line, but only shot 59% for the free-throw line. They needed to get those second-chance opportunities. So you got to rebound the ball. In my opinion, you got to limit points at the paint, especially since you guys got two dominant bigs, Dominic Sonogo and Donovan Klingon. And that's exactly what they did to Florida Atlantic. And, you know, luckily for Florida Atlantic, they kept it a close game since they shot 41% from downtown. So I think the key thing, though, here is let the Huskies miss. Hawkins has got a stomach flu. Say Caravan's having an off night. Let the Huskies miss from three and kind of limit their opportunities in the paint like the Huskies did against Miami where, the, where Miami missed 14 layups. So that's I think he, those are really the two main things you got to do. And maybe get some players in the foul trouble. So that UConn doesn't have their all their, their star players on the floor all the time. So just see what just comprehend everything I just said. All those things the Huskies are very capable of stopping. The first thing was rebounding. Well, the Huskies are statistically a top ten rebounding team in the nation, and they have proven with guys like Donovan Klingon and Adama Sonogo as bigs that they can rebound the ball. But then also, guys, Andre Jackson's an incredible rebounder with his freaky athleticism. Uh, Alex Caravan has such length where he's able to grab some decent rebounds. Tristan Newton, our point guard, has the most triple doubles in UConn men's basketball history in a season. He could rebound the basketball. So the Huskies are a very quality rebounding team, and San Diego State won't dominate the glass like they did in the second half against Florida Atlantic. So because of that, if if they're going to go down early, which every team has done, or maybe not early every single time, but have go, if they're going to go down double digits like they did to Florida Atlantic against UConn, which most people expect, they were able to come back because they were able to get second chance opportunities despite their very inefficient shooting for the field and especially very inefficient shooting for the free throw line. So from the Huskies, 
you know, don't be afraid to get in foul trouble. Andre Jackson had two fouls last game against Miami. Barely played in the first half. And he may be the most important player on the on this Huskies team. They still won by 13. They won by 13 at the half. And Jackson played three, maybe four of those 20 minutes in, that, in half number one. So here's the point. Here's what I'm trying to get across. Everything that could possibly be wrong. Oh, yeah. Also, the paint thing. Trying to get players to go to the paint. Right. Let me just think of that. Let the Huskies miss. Well, that's going to be a very hard thing to do. Jordan Hawkins has been insane from the outside, from outside the arc. And overall, the team has been insane from outside the arc, especially um, in the um, especially in uh, in the NCAA tournament. So Huskies have been an incredible shooting team. And another thing I do want to mention here before I kind of wrap this up, Jordan Hawkins. Let me just say one name, Jordan Hawkins. He may be the best, most most definitely the most talented player on this Husky basketball team. With his ability of send me a screen, I'll shoot a three-pointer, and I'll make it half the time. That's his game. You can get him the ball, and he can score. He wears number 24 for a reason. He's going after the great 24 Kobe. He could score. We all know that. So, and I was talking to Adam Giardino, and of course that's on the Cool Sports Network, part two, by the way, if you want to hear kind of the aspect that I'm talking about. Part one's about previewing UConn's tournament and stuff, and talking about his commentating. But part two, we really broke down the UConn team. And... He was mentioning Hawkins, and he had zero points in the first two first halves. And basically what he was saying on there is that even if Hawkins' shot is off, he does such a good job at wearing down defenses. Well, they'll get tired and will open up other guys on the floor, or he'll start making a shot to getting more open looks. And that's why the games against Iona and St. Mary's were very tight at the half because of his inefficient shooting. Because he was able to wear down the defenses, they were able to pour it on on all aspects in half number two. And then Hawkins started to make his shots in the first half against Arkansas and against Gonzaga. And there's a reason why those are their two largest wins yet. Or maybe Iona was a little larger, but you get the point. So those are, I think, their two most dominant wins, especially with the way they play in the first half. So um, clearly Hawkins wearing down defense isn't important. And look, he had food poisoning last game against Miami, and he still, I think, has it a little bit, even though he says he'll be 100%, whatever. I think he still has it a little bit. So he won't be able to wear down defenses the way he usually does. And in fact, if you look at off-ball, if you look at all the highlights, Hawkins was not being the off-ball player we always see from him against Miami. Huskies still won by double digits. I think the Miami game really proved that Huskies got into early foul trouble, Hawkins couldn't be as productive, and they still won by double digits against one of the best teams in the nation. They did. They've, everything that has been thrown at them in this tournament at first was, oh, maybe pressed to make dumb decisions like they were like they made against New Mexico State last year. That didn't work. Maybe play a defensive game, a lower-paced game to limit offense. <laughs> nice try. That didn't work, right? So all of these things have not worked. Then against Arkansas, was all right, let's play a shootout now. If defense doesn't work, you can't play a shootout with the Huskies. Then it was, let's play another shootout except with some more offensive talent. That, that worked less. Then it was Miami, all right, let's get him into foul trouble. Let's force some shots. And I'm not going to lie, they didn't go away. They were, like a, they were like a bad sickness, Miami. They did not go away. Shout out to them. That didn't work. Everything the Huskies have faced in this NCAA tournament for the team that has tried it has not worked. And I don't see why all of a sudden that would change like a, like a snap, like in the blinking of an eye with San Diego State. I don't see a reason why. This is, again, you will not see another team dominate the way the Huskies have dominated in this tournament for another decent amount of time. (coughs) Not only do I think the Huskies are the best team in the nation this year, I think they're one of the best teams in the nation over the, in the past century, maybe the past 50 years. 
with the way that they have dominated their way to this part of the tournament. And they have a chance to, and I don't have the stats in front of me, they may become the first team ever to win all of their games by double digits if they are able to secure a victory here over San Diego State. So, look, the Huskies have won their past 11 games past the round of 32. From the Sweet 16 and on, they've won their past 11 games. And I don't see a reason why that would change now. I don't see a reason why the Huskies all of a sudden against an Aztec team that, in my opinion, is not the best team that the Huskies have faced so far. I don't understand why this whole thing would change in a snap, in a blinking of an eye. I'm sorry, San Diego State. You got a talented team. I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. This Husky team is unlike any team that I've ever seen. And I think that we may never see for a decent amount of time. And I see the Huskies getting another double-digit point win against another very quality opponent. I see San Diego State's defense not really being able to keep up with UConn's offense um, on their offensive side. Basically saying, okay, their defense is still going to be okay, but of course UConn's going to score. They're UConn. I don't think San Diego State's offense is going to keep up with UConn's defense. That we mentioned at the beginning of the episode is also one of the best in the nation. In fact, statistically, better than San Diego State's defense. So they got a better offense and they got a better defense. And they got a good coach. They got the whole package. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to jinx anything. We're still some hours away. The UConn Huskies will be your 2023 NCAA champions. And I will get to be happy for once in sports and finally raise a championship trophy, one I have been waiting for for years. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was kind of off topic. It was just a ramble. We literally rambled for 20 minutes. Hope you guys enjoyed. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Huskies, as always. Uh, U-C-O-N-N. UConn, UConn, UConn. I'm sorry, I had to do that. Hope you guys enjoyed. Go Huskies. Again, I don't see a team beating us right now. And uh, check out my interviews with Adam. Check out the articles on my newsletter. I previewed the game as well. Talked about a bunch of stuff we talked about more in-depth using more statistics. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll kind of wrap it up here. Again, I hope you guys did enjoy this kind of style. Tell me if you enjoy the style more or if you like the basic kind of stationary fundamental podcast. Or if I should do something like this again. Uh, please tell me. Hope you guys enjoyed. Enjoy the game tonight. Go Huskies. And, of course, as always, I will see you guys next time. We out!